Call Steve Witherup. Calling Steve Witherup. Mobile. Hello? Hey, man. Hey. How was the beach? <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, are we going to pretend like uh, we didn't just hang up 10 minutes ago? Right. Yeah, who knows what could have happened in this, uh, <laughs> the nine days that have passed. Yeah. Hopefully, um, hopefully we, uh, we haven't been hit with any meteors or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So like Steve said, I'm, I'm going to be at the beach this upcoming week. It's, I guess today's the 31st of July. So when we're recording this, so when you guys have heard this, I will have been getting tan the whole time. Well, it's supposed to rain the whole time we're at the beach. So I will have been getting fat, eating just everything (laughs) that I possibly can. Uh, but we wanted to make sure we didn't miss any podcasts and I didn't want to, uh, anger any of my family by, uh, bringing my work computer to, uh, to the beach. So, uh, wanted to do this. It'll be a little bit more abbreviated than normal probably. Um, but it is something that Steve and I've been talking about a lot and it's been, it's something that I've been thinking about quite a bit. It's like, uh, you know, when I edit these podcasts, I hear myself talking about stuff that, you know, are like the themes of stuff I'm wrestling with. And this is one of those things that I haven't been able to quit thinking about recently. And, um, and so Steve and I talked this morning, felt like it'd be good to have a conversation around this. Um, the topic is, uh, is humor, but recognizing right off the bat, like the worst thing you can do for comedy is try to explain it or something. So (laughs) this is kind of dangerous territory, Steve. For a couple of reasons. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. So, let me frame it like this. Uh, Dallas Willard has this quote that I, I read a few years ago. And he said, because I don't want to talk about this vaguely, like, just in terms of society or something. I mean, specifically for the people of God, for the church and that kind of thing. But he said, um, hold on. He said, when, when spiritual health declines, the first thing to go is laughter. And I have loved that quote for a lot of, uh, ever since I read it. And I do think that it's true. Does that ring true to you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, true to me personally, I, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I recognized a long time ago that there's something more happening and kind of like the podcast we just recorded about Jacob. It's like this area, humor and comedy and whatever, like surely the Lord's been in this place and I wasn't aware of it or something because I, it is so foundational and so important to me. And it's so like, there's no way that I am able to tell my personal story without that being a central theme of it. And so it it is very true for me that when, I'm not doing well that like spiritually that, that it's, I'm in a humorless kind of a place. Yeah. And it, it kind of feels a little bit that way collectively right now. 
it it definitely does and you know everything is painfully serious uh, and you know it it's not as though it's not warranted like it things are serious right now there's a lot of extremely important and extremely scary stuff happening right now but there has to be, I don't know, it, you, those two things have to be able to live together, I think, for, for things to be healthy, and it does not feel like they're both present. No, and, and kind of, I mean, like you said, this is something uh, uh, that, I mean, both of us, but I would say, you know, you more so, is, is very much a present uh, thing that you think to and wrestle with a lot. But, but what sparked this um, specific conversation was a uh just a short you know video i sent you that the the theme was that i don't basically well danger is not the right word but like you it, it's kind of along the lines of dallas willard's quote that that the lack of sense of humor in the arguments and in the tensions public that discourse. we're seeing the public discourse that's a, yeah is is alarming and it's and it's very much a, a revelation of how unhealthy the discourse is well and and this is not like and this is why we have to be careful because this is not like the typical you know white guy railing against pc culture kind of thing like all these politically correct people and you know we can't be as openly racist as we want to you know that that's not what we're saying. Right. But but humor if 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 humor's not allowed to be present in a conversation, if 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 it's completely off limits, um, or if it just simply is not present and, and you can't find it anywhere, I do think that you're in danger. Right. And and again, just to to add to your point, it's also not telling oppressed people to lighten up like Uh, yes yes it's far far from that it's it's more of a it's more of a general um it's more of a general question of what does it mean when this when sense of humor and laughter leave society because aren't well go ahead aren't as uh, or just or isn't as fully present or or is present in a way that is biting and not um funny yeah i guess yeah and i mean i think i think folks think that humor is a peripheral thing like that comedy is this kind of uh it's just kind of off in the corner and it's the place that you go when you need a, a quick laugh and and then you go back into what's serious but i you know, I text, I think it was David or someone recently. And, and I think I actually really believe this, that great comics, and I really do mean great, because there's a lot of idiots as well. But I think really great comics are more important for the world than like average or bad pastors. Like, <laughs> and I like, and, and I want to say that even more strongly, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, I think it's I think the role of the comic is so profoundly important for society and like such an important piece of what moves conversations forward and I mean c- 
can you look back at, at your life like I can and think about like times something like your whole outlook was changed by some bit? Well, it's, it's, it's disarming when you're able to, to look at something in a way that you're able to laugh at it or find humor in it or find absurdity in it. Right. Um, it's, it just creates an entirely different foundation out of which the conversations that are needed happen as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to like coming in with, with, with hatred and, and, um, like whatever else terminal would, would just, seriousness right yeah um and 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 we see that like I, I know a lot of people have said this in a lot of different settings but but like you know what is it that one of the things that the dalai lama and um desmond uh, tutu desmond tutu are known for is when they get together they they laugh like um and i think it was Charles Eisenstein that said, like, you should be leery of any revolution that does not contain a sense of laughter and joy to it. Yeah. Like, as I, as foundational know. even. Yeah. And again, I, I mean, it might be repetitive, but it is tricky. And we do understand the, you know, the other side of that, but, but like Desmond Tutu, and I mean, the Dalai Lama, like if anyone has earned the right to, to speak, to the importance of sense of humor and laughter in trying times, I think that they have. Yeah, no question. And I mean, and we've talked about even starting a podcast at some point where we talk about this overlap of faith and comedy or whatever. But I mean, I think, I think comics really great ones are, I mean, I, I do think that there is a prophetic kind of thing that's happening. I think that it, it is, uniquely able to critique systems and power and, and I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't think, I don't think it can be an overstated for me personally, how important I feel like their role is right now. And the good ones in the, that critique are implicating themselves within it. Like, Oh, to, and, and, and the groups that they belong to. It, yes. Because like kind of alluded to a little bit ago, it seems like, the the only form of humor that we're seeing right now, or at least one of the main forms that we're seeing is, is basically just making fun of who you are not right. like the absurdity of the other point of view, the uh, whatever. And it's, it's completely an attempt to elevate your own opinion through the, you know, the bashing and tearing down of the other under this false sense of comedy. Yeah, and and this it, it does feel like there's this really terrible and serious and severe kind of tone to everything right now, and it is kind of like a gotcha, you know. People call it cancel culture and all that, but I do think that uh, it, I know for a fact that if I'm if I'm in a place that's not healthy, it's that I am I am finding fault in everyone else. I can point it out with terrible severity, and I can't you know, I'm not implicating myself and I'm not implicating the, the group that I want to belong to or do belong to in all of that. And, um, 
I don't know. So I, I think all of that has to, it has to be cultivated, right? It, it doesn't just arise out of nothing. You have to cultivate that kind of openness to that, right? I would, I would think so. Um, and I, and I do, I think that, that in the fear of, of cultivating that in these types of times is that you will look like you're not taking things seriously, that you're, you're just being flippant about the serious, the absolute serious nature of the things that we're dealing with right now. But, but it's like, we say this all the time in so many different ways, but it's not an either, or it is just simply a vital part in the, in the way that we, we deal with the things that we're faced with. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the other thing I want to be careful to say is that I don't just mean, uh, when I say great standups, I don't just mean people that are like very heavily critiquing or, or speaking to social issues, like something like Hannah Gatsby's, uh, Nanette or something. That's this really kind of serious, uh, tone to it where she's critiquing things. I, I think just like basic garden variety laughter is important. Like I, it's, we are in this place where I, I feel this really strongly that like I have never just needed to laugh more than these last four months. And if, if you feel like there are things that are off limits to laugh at, and you're trying to police your own laughing or something, you feel like you can't uh, enjoy yourself with something I, or you have to wade through all the implications of every joke and you've got to analyze everything. Woof. It is. I mean, I think that that is just a really, that's a crappy place to be. Yeah. Well, and what's more healing than, than laughing together? Like I remember, I've always loved this story. I think it was, uh, Rabbi Sachs talked about, he was in charge of heading up this interfaith dialogue one time years and years and years ago. And it just, it wasn't going anywhere. And they were having these cautious theological discussions, you know, whatever. And anytime someone brought something up, the defenses of the listeners were there and everyone was just, um, there was no breakthrough. And, right. and so he, and he was in charge of this thing and he's like, this isn't going anywhere. And so basically the last night he scrapped all of the, the curriculum or the, the agenda and he, put some bottles of wine on the table and he said let's tell the stories and jokes of our faith yeah they laughed together they told their story you know and like nothing was the world wasn't changed forever but man it's just if if you are in a group of people and you're all laughing together like what is more unifying yeah, if you don't feel like there's landmines everywhere and you're having to tiptoe around things because like careful, cautious humor is, you know, it ceases to be humor. It's just, it's not, I don't know. I, I watched a stand-up special last night from somebody that's popular and I told Steve earlier about it. It just wasn't funny. It just didn't strike me as funny at all. There was, it was too safe. It was too right down the middle. It was just, I, I don't know. It didn't have any edge to it at all. And uh, yeah, I just... I think it's such a healing thing. I, I'm not somebody that's like, I don't know, super emotionally available or emotionally in tune all the time. And so I find that like in the same way that like, and I, I don't, I don't want to paint too broadly or whatever. I don't think every woman, every man's like this, but in the way that Chelsea will watch this like horribly sad stuff sometimes, cause she just needs a good cry or something. Like 
I don't relate to that at all. Like if I'm crying, it's not, it's something's bad's happening or whatever. But, uh, and even then probably not. But I, I recognize from time to time that if I find myself laughing super, super hard, like crying, uh, laughing about something that probably isn't, it isn't, doesn't really correlate to how hard I'm laughing. I'm like, Oh, I think my body must've needed this somehow. Like my psyche needed to get this out somehow. <laughs> Have you ever experienced that? I don't even know that I've ever vocalized that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes a lot. I'm sure that there's science. To, uh, I mean, what, what is uh, uh, like, obviously when you, well, not obviously, but like science has proven things like when you touch soil, your mind releases serotonin. Oh yeah. You know? And so like, I know that when it comes to laughter, it's that. And then some, um, with what's happening within your, your being, um, it's, and it's so, it's such an, it's in and of itself. It's such an absurd, strange thing. Like what is laughter? Right. Yeah. Not to go all uh, uh, spiritually weird or whatever, but you remember, of course, you know, years ago, the Brownsville revival. And, oh, yeah. And and one of the the manifestations that was coming out of there was laughter. Yep. And so, like, forget forget all the whatever perceptions. Well, and, and just paint a picture. There, there, that like hundreds of people at altars, all like belly laughing for hours. And yes, and part of me, you know, at the time, you know, the cynical me was like, whatever. But in hindsight, like, don't judge me for this. I can't think of anything more holy. Oh, you know, yeah, okay. like just, uh. I mean, it it is. It's just a. I love the way uh, G.K. Chesterton he paints this thought where he speculates on this, and he just says, you know, we're given all these things of uh, as far as emotional display from Jesus. We he was betrayed. We see him angry. We see him cry. Uh, we see him sad. Um, struggle with with the calling on his life. All of these things. And and what he speculates, though, that we weren't invited into, like we were given these intimate moments, but the thing that we weren't given because it was too holy for us was the laughter that he had and that, that it was shared between he and the father in yeah. those moments where he went into the mountain to pray. And of course, that's all spec speculation, but I love the thought because it's it, it just it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, no, it, it is extremely beautiful. And going back to what you said about all the Brownsville stuff, of course, I mean, I, I laughed at that quite a bit, you know, during <laughs> yeah, that. Because like, I, I went there as a kid, <laughs> and, you know, you see all that stuff. I mean, the only, I actually thought about this the other day because we talked about, um, we, we were talking about how foundational and formational the, uh, like my, my time at CFA was when I was a kid. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I thought that I go back to so much that I think was so profoundly kind of unique and special about all of that was, is that they, they were experiencing all that, you know, weird stuff, you know, people laughing. And it was during that Brownsville area, people, uh, during that Brownsville era, people are falling out in the spirit and people are, 
you know, shaking and speaking in tongues and people are all, all of that kind of stuff. But at the same time, which all that stuff was happening most weeks, but at the same time, uh, my dad and your brother and Tim Caskey and all those people were doing SNL skits that they recorded that got played in the main sanctuary on Sunday <laughs> nights right. of like, they did like a, uh, they did like a uh, like a uh, NFL combine event one one time, and it was uh, people training for the altar crew to like put blankets down over women's skirts when they fell out in the spirit, and like oh, caught man. people when they fall fell and stuff. So people were sprinting from the back of the sanctuary and catching mannequins before they like all of that. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that that if it's gonna be that weird and you are not acknowledging how bizarre and how weird it is, it's something is wrong. Something's off. So I don't know. I just think that that's healthy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Without, without a, without question, you know, uh, talk about, talk about nothing more holy, nothing more special or whatever than people being caught up in laughter together. I, you know, that, that, that's a physical phenomenon, obviously. Like, me and Zeke and Chelsea did the thing where the other night where you, you fake laugh and until it turns into a real laugh. And then you raise your hand when it's a real laugh. Yeah. Like do that with any person. And I, I promise you it will end with both of you laughing really, really hard and it be a real laugh. You know, that's what we need to, uh, that's what we need to, to use to replace handshakes in this time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. You ready? All right. Let's start to get, yeah, that, that would be a very, that'd be a very good new social norm. Yeah. It's, and just like anything, you know, whether it's love or, or anything that we've been given, there's, there's bad ways to use it, you know? So it's, it's like, uh, so just in and of itself, it's not, um, always a good thing but but man it's the people that have allowed themselves to to have the joy and the laughter stripped from them it's it's a it's a it's a sad place to be and it's it's contagious to be the person that that brings joy into situations yeah i mean you know most music is horrible but the music that's good, like right, changes you. You know, it's like th- there's a couple of songs right now that I can't stop listening to, and it's like it is in th- those songs are in me. And uh, you know, most comics are horrible. Most most uh, you, you go to any comedy club, m- most of the people that are going to go up are not going to move the needle for you. But the ones that are the ones that are really good, like the the really the really great ones. Uh, I, I do think are changing the world. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's the easy way to put it, but it's it's the spirit behind it, you know. Like, I, I mean, you you can just tell is is someone trying to is, is someone trying to legitimately bring laughter out of the and speak to the absurdity in a way that is is not destructive, um, and you know, in a funny way, or are they just trying to? to use it as a vehicle to, to bring hate in a less obvious way. Yep. Um, and you know, 
I mean, I know there's especially there's one specific theologian who I on paper love and is just I just so good in so many ways. But man, it's just like you're one angry dude. And yeah. I just have a hard time liking what you say because of that. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I think you know, we we were talking about this earlier today, but that like uh a uh we almost need to have like a, a, a pressure check for friendships when you first meet somebody and feel feel out whether or not they're willing to laugh, you know, at right something, whether it's slightly off color, whatever. Just some some disruption of whatever the norm is. And if they're not willing to, it's like, all right, good to know. I'm out. I, like, yeah. I, yeah. I, like there, there are, th- okay. So um, there are things to be offended at that type of thing. And that's a, that's a real response sometimes, but, but yeah, if you, if it's a good gauge, if you say something just a little, little bit pushing that line and the response is an overwhelming offense as opposed to like a laugh that says, Oh, I probably shouldn't be laughing about this, but it's funny. You know, there's, those are two different people. You, Yeah. And, and I think that more than ever, I'm gravitating toward people that I, I mean, we're just laughing a lot together. I mean, you know, fight injustice, like speak up against evils, like do all of these things. But if you're waiting for the world to be right in order to allow yourself to laugh and experience the joy, I mean, well, guess what? You're not, you're going to be waiting a long time, a long time. And, and the world needs laughter. I mean, just, just as much as, you know, the presence of love combats hate. I mean, laughter does the same thing. We we just we just simply need more more of it as part of the way in which we're trying to evoke change. Yeah, I think it's I think all of that's never been never been more vital. And I know we've talked kind of around and around about it, but I think the I think the primary thing that I would say is just I want you to hear me and hear Steve give you a green light to joy. You know, like just don't don't allow yourself to not experience uh, the humor. I, I don't know. Not don't allow yourself to to not uh, include that part of what it means to be a human being. All right. Well, I'm gonna go try to pack for the beach here. Yeah, we just are so thankful that you know, even in the midst of everything that we are collectively and individually facing right now that that we do not have to abandon joy that joy is deeper than that um even when we're not happy joy is deeper and god help us to recognize the need uh the need to laugh the need to to implicate ourselves in the joke the the need to allow ourselves to laugh at absurdities and just experience a heightened spirit through laughing together. Um, God, we don't do so in a way that turns a blind eye to the realities that we're all facing. And so we do the work, God. We do the work to bring healing into your world, God. But we are so thankful that that work is not without joy.
God. So may we experience it all in deep and meaningful ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.